Hello and welcome to the ComTech USA podcast. I am Alyssa here with my co-host for the day, Jack. Hello, folks. It's great to be here again. Well, I had to think about that, but... Anyway! <laughs> so today... Today we will be... We'll be talking a little bit about note takers and braille displays and specifically why you might choose one over the other and why you might choose one price point over another. So let's go ahead and start with some of the pros of your actual note takers. So these are things like your Braille Note Touch from Humanware, Braille Sense Polaris from Hims, L Braille from Freedom Scientific. Notice I put my favorite first. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So some of the pros of these, I would say, the companies are well known. We've known about these companies for years. These products have good longevity. They're durable build qualities. As for Braille display use itself, the refresh rate is instantaneous and silent. So that is always a plus. Do you have anything you'd like to add onto that? The cells are usually good. I want to say Humanware has the best cells, but none of them are horrible. Like cell quality is good. The longevity is okay. I mean, yes, you have to send them every year to get cleaned and repaired, but that's just a standard issue for any mechanical braille display around. Nothing new there. And that's how it always has been and probably always will be. Until another thing that we're talking about too today, which we'll get to, budget braille. That's correct. Those are definitely some pros and also you do get a lot of features. So you get a fully fledged built-in word processor, internet browser, calculator, calendar, on a lot of the ones today, you can download apps, and so you can even replace the default apps with ones that you like better, yes, you if can. you so choose. Like some people really don't like Keymail and prefer the Gmail app, for instance. Yes, and some people use maybe their business mail, like Outlook or Pigeon, something like that. And yes, how could I possibly forget calendars? <laughs> they do have some very nice, easy-to-use built-in calendars. Yes, you do, and they sync with Google on the um, modern ones. All these devices. So everything is up to date. In fact, I like how when I get an invite from Contact to my email, I can accept it on any device, and it shows up on my Braille note, on my phone, on my computer everywhere that I need it to be. And you can get a pretty long time out of these. I mean, I actually still have well, what was considered a high-tech note taker at the time, a Braillelite Millennium 20 from 2000 that still is mostly functional to this day. You don't mean to say different one, but still. <laughs> <laughs> Same idea. These things last a long time. Yes, exactly. Stuff. <laughs> so you're not to going last. to have to replace it every five years. <laughs> Although, when we kind of get to the cons here, we will start to realize. I will. 
that's kind of true. Talk a little more about why you might want to replace them more often. (laughs) So now getting into some of the cons, maybe less desirable points, pricing. Most people cannot afford these displays on their own and must go through their folk rehab agency. And that can be a lot of hoops to jump through. These prices are not consumer prices. They're never meant to be consumer prices, but that is because you really can't charge consumer prices in such a niche product as Braille, at least in its current form. So that's the nature of having When you're using expensive Braille. parts. Yeah, when you're using expensive parts, you have to charge expensive prices, unfortunately. That's just the nature of the beast. And you have to deal with long repair times mm-hmm. because they have expensive parts that aren't always the easiest to come by. You can sometimes be a month or more without your note taker. Some are getting better in that respect with loaner programs and stuff like that that are taking the place of the state-owned device loans that are kind of hit or miss depending on where you live and what is popular and what isn't in terms of device inventory. Yes. One con of the L Braille specifically is that you have to buy JAWS. It is the only note taker thus far that does not have the software stack built into it. I believe you have to purchase Windows as well. Windows comes with it. Well, Windows 10 licenses come with a thing just like any other OEM hardware, but JAWS does not. But you would think they would just include that in the price. That doesn't really make a ton of sense. It was a design flaw that was not found in the PacMate, so I was really kind of sad to see the L Braille kind of lose a lot of its charm in that respect. Yes, PacMate, another one of those that has lasted forever. I don't currently have one anymore, but I did for a long time. It really was ahead of its time, and if it wasn't for the unfortunate fall of Windows Mobile, which was definitely Microsoft's blunder, and everyone realizes that now, the PacMate probably would have had a longer life. Yes, that was a solid, solid note taker. But hey, I still know people that have Braille Note Classics, and those were made around the same time as that Braille Lite I was talking about. Oh, yes. So there is something to be said for you get what you pay for. Yes, you do. But in saying that, you don't get a whole lot of features. If you still have a Braille Note Classic, you don't get Wi-Fi (laughs) built in. (laughs) You get dial-up. And you don't get built-in Bluetooth. You can only play MP3 files in your media files. So there are some drawbacks to keeping a device as long as its shelf life allows. And if you have a Braille display, your cells could probably get weaker slash jam, depending on how long they've lasted. And how clean your hands are when you use them. Yes, or how well-maintained the parts are. Like, I've seen parts go loose sometimes because sometimes the shipping handlers kind of roughhouse them a little bit. Yeah, they don't take into mind fragile item inside, even though one of the first things that most of these product manuals will say is that this is a very sensitive product. Yeah, Hims is not shy of saying that this is a very delicate machine. <laughs> yes, I found that when I was doing some training with somebody on a BrailleSense Polaris. That was one of the first things in the manual as well as for the braille edge display that i have which 
falls into the next category that I'll discuss. And so to give you all an idea too, the note takers generally are in price range of about three to $6,000. So like I said, not consumer friendly prices. But they're not meant to be either. Right, and you do get quite a few features and sometimes when new ones come out, the companies will offer upgrade programs. Keyword on sometimes. Yes. Some companies are better about doing it than others. Humanware has definitely been much more consistent as of late. And another, I guess you could say, con that is worth mentioning is you can keep your device for a long, long time, sure, but eventually the company loses support for it. So if you call in with questions about your Braille Lite or your Braille Note Classic, tech support might not actually be able to help you. But that's where we come in. <laughs> yes. So I'd say the next category that I'd like to discuss is the, what I would call the mid-range. So these are typically Braille displays that range from about $1,000 to three or $4,000. So you see things in here like the Humanware Brilliant series, the HIMSS QBraille series, the APH, Chameleon and Mantis, you see the Handy Tech line, which is now being sold by Hims. There's the bomb units. I don't remember who sells those now. One good thing about this range is you do have a lot of options, a lot more than your note takers, where there's basically three that you pick from. You have multiple and they all have their own kind of flavor of features and specifications such as the Mantis that just came out as the first QWERTY Braille display. So that's nice for students that are needing to learn to type or for people that just prefer that style over the Perkins style. Or there's the hybrids like the Q Braille, which have Perkins Braille keys, but also have some hotkeys that enable you to perform computer commands with it if you're using it connected to a computer. That's the best kind of combination when it comes to a braille display. You have your function row, your function keys, but you have that nice braille keyboard in the middle. That's what I like. In fact, I have a braille edge, which is the generation before the Q braille that has a very similar kind of layout. The Q braille has just been updated to add some more fancy features like now these newer displays can Bluetooth to multiple devices and they can work over Bluetooth and USB which is nice so you get some choices there and they all kind of have a variety of some built-in features. The Brilliant that is coming out this year is actually the last one to catch up finally on including some basic note-taking features. I guess the small one, the Brilliant 14 had some, but now the 40 and the 64 and the 80 are catching up and including those note-taking features. Yes, as onboard Braille translation software gets more readily available with things like LibLui, the open source Braille translation market, it is easier to include hybrid note-taker functionality in these braille displays, something you really never had before because the computer had to handle the braille translation software end of it. JAWS, window eyes, system NVDA. access. 
they took care of the Braille translation. NVDA includes liblouis. That's what a lot of these note takers on modern systems are starting to include. Still, you have your expensive proprietary Duxbury Braille tables, but the back ends are starting to get more and more readily available and thus able to be included in these less expensive products. And it's nice because you're not spending as much. It still isn't the most consumer friendly depending on which device you go with because some of these are still up in the three to $4,000. Some of the handy tech ones come to mind with being on the more expensive side. Although some of them have some really unique features too, like the ability to compose and read braille music. So if you're a music student, that's yes, something to look at. Yes, the Actolino has that. The Actolino has a tone generator that can play music based on the braille cell you are touching with the cursor routers. And that speaker can also function as a speaker for a phone while taking a Skype call or something like that. So while you don't have a full-fledged note taker, you do have a audio function that is kind of unique among the standalone braille display department. And another kind of cool feature of the handy tech units is the automatic refresh when you finish a line, the smart refresh. Not any other braille display yes. has that. Active touch. Yes. Thank you, I couldn't remember No, I don't think any other braille display has active touch. So what that allows you to do is when you're done reading a line, it automatically advances to the next line so you don't have to push any buttons or do anything else. That could be really good for somebody that does maybe have some dexterity or motor fine motor control issues and has oh, a yes. hard time manipulating those buttons. It also is less buttons to maintain, less buttons that can break, less buttons that can fall short. Exactly. Less moving parts means less breakability and more longevity. That is going to make a much happier end user. And besides the handy tech ones, with all of these you'd get some nice basic note taking built in so you can use them in the classroom at work wherever you may need and at least perform some basic tasks. You can write and edit documents. You can't do so much fanciness like spell checking and formatting, but you can at least do your basics and most of these devices will store everything on an SD card and they can accept high capacity SD cards. So you can store a lot of information on there and you can put your books on there, your bookshare, books or whatever library or book service that you prefer to use and can read your books on there just like you would on a more expensive note taker. So that's nice. Basically they're more useful as an on-the-go device than they were before. Yes, they're quite a bit smaller than your traditional note taker so they can be more easily packed up and taken with you and you don't have to wear it like you do your note takers. That's right and some people, well a lot of people like to connect it to their phones. So between the basic note-taking features on device and all the applications you have available to you on your phone, you get a lot of that same note-taker functionality, albeit just a little bit of a different way of doing things. Yes, and that too has some drawbacks because whatever you do, Bluetooth will never be a perfect, foolproof, guaranteed connection standard simply because radio frequency is just not predictable all the time. That can be a problem. 
I've certainly run into You're doing it. your presentation. You're just about ready. You're standing up in front of that huge crowd. And insert laugh track here as your Braille display loses connection with that computer or phone. It's game over. Insert the prices right. You lost sound Unless here. Unless you have a backup plan. That's right. You lost sound. There is something that these Braille displays could really use, and that is a USB dongle. Like some high-end keyboards have, especially the mechanical ones. These are a little bit more of a trusted wireless connection type. They just plug into your computer or your phone, you flip a switch, keyboard listens for it, keyboard connects, bingo. No pairing process, no time-limited codes like you have on Bluetooth, no having to restart the device if you fail to pair it with the code. But these Braille displays don't have them. And I don't know why, maybe there's just lack of awareness, maybe it's a little less convenience. I mean, there are plenty of people who wouldn't touch dongles with a 10-foot pole, but there are other people who realize the benefits of them. There's also the problem with phones not having two ports, so unless they made a dongle that also had a charging port in it, you'd be kind of out of luck as an iPhone user, at least. Right. I do have to comment on the limited time to enter pairing codes. That is one of the biggest headaches that I've had. And I think after, let's see, about 10 years of using or eight years of using iOS, I finally can get a code entered in enough time and hit that button, that pair button. But it is not always easy. And as someone who might be more of a beginner iPhone user or iOS user that doesn't know what the code is supposed to be or any number of things, that limited time to enter is very frustrating. It can be brutal if you don't know how to guesstimate screen taps, you know, you know, where the position is of the numbers. Correct. Some other drawbacks you run into are some of the same as with the higher end note takers. They do wear out over time and they are made with expensive parts and they have to be sent in sometimes for repairs and those can take a while. Even if your hands are clean, the braille displays do deteriorate naturally just because of the nature of holes that detritus will inevitably find its way into, no matter how careful you are. And no matter what you do, your skin naturally creates oil and that can get on your display and into those pins and into those tiny pinholes. And there's just nothing you can do and about it. And I will it. say that the Braille Note Touch kind of screwed up in one department. They don't have a Braille Display test feature like the Braille Note before it did. You can exercise the Braille Display, which moves all the pins up, down, left, right, raises them up, lowers them, raises them up again. The raising up all of the pins and lowering them used to be the opportunity to run a cloth over your display and clean each pin, each hole at a time. You can't do that anymore with the Braille Note Touch or the Polaris probably. I asked you, you know, like, is, is there anything that I can do in the touch to diagnose and test the Braille display cells? And they're like, no. I'm like, what is that, Android limitation? Probably, because I imagine the old Braille Notes did kind of get more up close and personal with the actual firmware of the braille display but 
it's still a drawback with the pins not being able to be raised up completely and then lowered and then raised up again. Cleaning your own bro display is not exactly as easy as it once yes, was. Yes, that exercise display feature was excellent at helping clean and just make sure that all the yes. parts are moving smoothly. And to the rest of the people, it would be fun to watch your bro display do the wave. <laughs> <laughs> That's what people thought it was doing. Like, I'm, like, testing the bro display. It's like, is it doing the wave? That's funny. I've never heard that one. But I used to just, it used to be kind of a fun little fidget thing for me. If I was bored, I would just exercise my display and feel the little, <laughs> well, like, the little waves going <laughs> across there. Try to race it around the display. Try to, try to race the little uh, yes. avatar. Speaking of, where is the Tetris game in the Braille Touch? I know. Darn they it. had to get rid of that, too. I want my Easter eggs back. Come on. But yes, that's also with, with these particular Braille displays that we're talking about, as of now, the same kind of issue happens. There is not a way to clean them. There's no way to put them in cleaning mode. That seems to be a thing of the past. Like the PacMate display used to be able to do it. The Braille Note displays did it. So now you are at the mercy of sending it to the repair center if and when there becomes a problem. You still had to do that with the Braille and Power and stuff like that, but at least you could do your part to help it to prolong your Braille display's life a little bit more. Yeah, you could help it. So then when you had to send it in every year, it wasn't like you ran the risk of an entire row of pins jamming. And speaking of the Braille... <laughs> yeah, speaking of it, it decided to uh, power down because I haven't been doing too much with it here in the last few minutes and so it decided oh you you don't need me anymore i'm going to shut off <laughs> stick with us edge stick with us yes we've still got more to discuss edge is not allowed to go away just yet we're not done with you yet nope we are we are definitely not done with edge yet the edge has been incredibly helpful with me for my notes on this podcast because it's a nice silent display with silent buttons so you don't hear click 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 every time I'm pushing a panning button which you will find in some displays that is better than yes. others so I think this about covers your more expensive and traditional displays which brings us to kind of an exciting change of topic here into the what I call the budget braille displays. And these are things like your Orbit Reader and your Braille Me. And so far, those are the only two on the market, but that's apt to change at any point in time. Yes, Alyssa is right. The budget braille displays are an exciting development. Even if you have a flagship display like the Touch or the Q Braille or the Polaris, keep your eye out on these budget braille display developments anyway because the ironic part about these is that they might be cheaper, but they're actually not cheaper in quality. Quite the opposite, in fact. They're made of a lot of the same quality, just more mainstream, easier to find parts, and they're coming from these new and upcoming companies that have new ideas and are coming up with new ways to do things, and so eventually, What's going to happen is we're going to see these right now budget displays becoming the displays 
that people turn to rather than them being kind of a subcategory of their own. So Humanware, Hymns, Freedom, yes. all you other guys better watch out. Humanware is actually making the right decision. They said they are going to include it once the technology becomes mature enough for licensing and the technology becomes mainstream enough. That was at the time of the unfortunate quarrel between APH and Orbit Research. APH, the transforming Braille group, and Orbit Research kind of had an unfortunate difference of opinion, and the price of the Orbit Reader kind of went up a little bit, and APH lost distribution rights for a while. They're back in the saddle again, and APH is still making good budget displays just with different partners, but the Orbit Reader is still going strong. Yes, and besides the Braille Me, it is the most affordable at this point in time. The Braille Me is slightly less expensive, but it also only has six keys. You don't get your dot seven and eight, so there is a little bit of a drawback to that. It also does not have the exact same Braille technology. It uses a little bit more of a magnetic Right, they both technology. use very different technologies. The Orbit has the most potential because it is the complete opposite of how most Braille displays work. The reason Braille displays are so expensive in the traditional sense is because each cell is a set of microcontrollers, and there are levers that release each pin via piezoelectric actuation when voltage is applied, aka when a key is pressed or a character is displayed. It tells the firmware, hey, lift up these pins or lower these pins. And there's a lot going on behind the scenes. Then you have the touch cursor technology, which is patented by Alva BV. So they're getting royalties from every company that is including that in the Braille display technology. And if they're expensive enough to make and manufacture, you then have to factor in the maintenance costs since these controllers are not really made to last. It's estimated that cells cost around 80 bucks per cell to make and maintain. In contrast to that, the Orbit uses air pressure sensitivity technology. That means there are a lot less moving parts, they are cheaper to maintain, they last longer, and perhaps the biggest cell, the pins don't give. They actually feel like signage braille. They do. It's very crisp, clear braille. So if you have a fine motor disability and you need to push down to read in fine detail, you don't need to worry about the pins giving. You can push as hard as you want and those pins won't give because they're actually holding up well. Yes, I have tried to push down on them to see what would happen and he's right. They do not have any sort of give to them whatsoever. The braille is very crisp. In fact, when I read on that and then turn around to read on my braille edge, my braille edge almost feels fuzzy for a minute until I get back used to reading on it. Even with humanware's crisp cells, it's just a little bit of a give because there's that lever. Now, as such, the refresh rate of the orbit is a little slow, but they are getting better at that as the technology improves. Yes. So nice things about these budget displays, they're more affordable, so you can actually conceivably buy one of these yourself. You could. Or get them through 
the National Library Service, who will soon be loaning them out to current patrons who get talking books or people who used to get talking books on the cassettes or the people that use LP records if you're <laughs> that's exciting and it makes it much easier to get hands to get braille into the hands of the people that need it and with the price that these are at you can get them into more developing areas and you know, places that maybe can't afford the more expensive units. That's right. And with these being available at consumer prices, anyone could just go ahead and buy these. Even if they had a flagship, they could probably just buy one so that when it's time to return our flagship display, if their agency does not allow them to keep it, they have a backup display that can turn to their permanent one. That is actually theirs. I like having mine as my my travel display because they are nice and compact and they are heavy duty. So, and if, you know, Lord forbid something were to get spilled or something were to happen, I'd much rather it be my $600 Orbit than my $2,500 Braille Edge. Exactly. And the budget Braille displays will allow for much more exciting developments in the years ahead, it's already been proven with things like the graffiti for tactile graphics and the Canute that is coming out, the multi-line display. The technology exhibited in the Orbit, a small display at that, unless you get the new 40-cell variant, will allow for bigger and better things. I assure you, if there had been an attempt to do a graffiti seven years ago when this wasn't conceived of, the price would have been in the six figures. That doesn't mean it's cheap now, but we're talking like five figures versus six figures. It's a lot more affordable than were this technology not available. And speaking of being more affordable, as we've discussed, these displays are made with more mainstream parts, so the parts are easier to come by, and that also means you're probably dealing with quicker repairs. Yes, you are. You're probably dealing with a greater stock of parts, too. Since they are such affordable parts, it's easier to purchase and house many of them at the same time versus having to end up special ordering something when a specific device comes in that has a problem. And since everybody's information is just on SD cards with these devices, they could even have you send one in and just send a replacement. They actually used to do that with the original Braille Touch. Everything, including the firmware, was on a nice little removable card. Excellent concept on paper, but it came at a price. Made it run slow and process. Unfortunately, there really isn't a removable flash solution that has the speed and reliability of a mounted flash. So while your data can't always stay with you, like sometimes your data does have to come along for the I'm ride, on board. there are so many backup solutions right now that it's barely a setback at all. For sure. And also, these displays do have some onboard features, so you can read with it. The Orbit, in particular, can pair up to four Bluetooth devices at a time and one USB connection. It has basic note-taking capabilities. So yeah, you can get all that 
all the same stuff I described earlier when we were talking about the one to three thousand dollar displays you can get that for 600 bucks and once this technology becomes more mainstream and orbit wants to license it all this technology will lead to bridging the gap between hybrid braille displays and full note takers pretty soon there probably won't be as much of a need for standalone displays like dumb displays that connect to a computer for the translation they'll probably end up having more and more note taker functionalities embedded into these hybrid displays i mean look at the braille edge it's got a speaker it could potentially have a basic text-to-speech support if it had a full firmware that's where we're headed we're headed in the direction where the hybrid becomes the note taker the dumb display becomes the hybrid especially with the built-in braille translation software being more readily available this is the recurring theme things are readily available duxbury is not as much of a requirement as it was you know with open source efforts like liblui i know in the education sector you have things like aph's braille blaster which is great definitely leveraging the power of liblui in a nice consumer-friendly package. Absolutely. LibLouis has been around for a while, but what's an open-source library on its own going to mean to a VI trying to braille a book? You can't expect them to use and leverage a library without there being a consumer package. That's what you used to have in things like Duxbury Braille Translator standalone packages that leverage the power of their translation software that weren't the embedded libraries that these developers and manufacturers got hold of. Braille Blaster and, you know, the hybrid Braille displays and stuff like that, budget Braille displays, the theme is getting this stuff into the hands of the general customer. Braille Blaster for the VI trying to Braille book, not really mattering much that they're using LibLui as long as they're using Braille and a nice, easy-to-use, and in this case, free package. Doesn't get much better than in free. In the case of the Braille displays, it's, yeah, it doesn't get much better than free, it doesn't get much better than low cost either. I mean, just being able to literally buy these Braille displays and call them your own is definitely something to behold. Indeed. But because they're low cost, there are some drawbacks, as with anything. So, of course, you're not going to get the same kind of feature richness you would with a $5,000 note taker. You do have a little bit slower. Not yet, anyways. Right. You do have a little bit slower refresh rates, which isn't going to matter to most that people. Is getting but better. But it is getting better. And I don't personally find that it affects me too much. Some people insist that it slows them down, but it really isn't that much slower that I've really noticed anything. I mean, think about it. You take three seconds, give or take, to hit your scroll key, move your finger to the left, exactly. and start reading again. In that time it takes, you will have refreshed your display. Because it only takes about a second to refresh. Even though you have instant refresh rate on the bigger braille displays you still have to move your hand to the left so you're taking more time than it's taking to refresh the slower refresh rate is more like 
you two working hand in hand. Like you're moving while it's moving. And then by the time you're done, it's done. So it's not horrible. The one thing about the Orbit is it is a little noisier than some. I had a friend one time say, oh, so it's not the strong silent type. <laughs> and I said, no, it's no, not the strong silent type. So I'm just so going to turn it on we, so we can hear. Do expect the drum solo from your... And there it went. Drum solo! <laughs> So you get the point when it refreshes, it does make some noise. It's not too loud. It's it's just something you get used to. I'm getting used to it. The loudest is when it turns on and off. Yeah, just plug that into an amplifier. <laughs> Let it purr. I think Dragon Force got nothing on this. I think this is like the speed metal display of the future. <laughs> Who would have thought? It's like, for $600, you too can make great metal with your orbit reader. You too can make great silent drum solos. <laughs> Practice for when you've got that set. Don't annoy your parents. <laughs> or the neighbors. That's what the keyboard kind of sounds like. So they are kind of yeah. more plasticky so, uh, keys. They're have, uh, not quite as springy, I would say, as some of your more expensive displays, but it's still got a solid keyboard. So they will have a solid keyboard, but a little less give to those keys, a little less spring. I mean, if you want a good keyboard, you had the Braille Note Empower. Yeah, that had one of the best keyboards. Both the QWERTY and the oh, yeah. Braille those models. Oh, yeah, those keys would last. I mean, yeah, they were loud, but they lasted for sure. Yes, they did. And another, I guess you could say, drawback is these manufacturers are lesser known, so they don't have the reputation behind them, but that's not necessarily a reason to turn away from them either. They're putting out good products. And distribution agreements come and go. Like, there was the unfortunate run-in with the Transforming Braille Group and Orbit Research. I mean, the Transforming Braille Group has an excellent objective. They're trying to get Braille into both the hands of the general consumer and developing countries as well. Like, humanware would sometimes give Braille Note apexes or empowers that are left over from their stock to, like, a developing country that otherwise probably doesn't even have humanware in their distribution market. So the Transforming Braille Group is trying to make that a little bit more regular, like giving Braille to more developing countries and general consumers. Now, unfortunately, Orbit Research is a company. Well, fortunately, unfortunately, Orbit Research is a company, and sometimes their vision doesn't fully align with the Transforming Braille Group. And that's unfortunately what happened to cause the slight misunderstanding and the raising of the price of the Orbit Reader. That and Orbit Research kind of did rush the distribution of the initial models, and that results in a big falling out with defective units and stuff like that. So, it's just mistakes made along the way, living and learning. But who's to say that the companies that we now know of, Humanware, Freedom Scientific, Hims, that they didn't make similar mistakes in their beginnings? Exactly! Every company has their shining moments, and they have their moments to learn from. Areas of improvement. What matters is not how you fall, but how you stand up afterward. Exactly. And so, 
to kind of start to wrap things up, I would say in terms of which device should you get? If you need something that's fully featured that you can use as a standalone device that you'd like to not have to use a computer, get one of the more expensive note-taking devices. Get your agency to help you get a Braille note, a Braille Sense Polaris, an L Braille, something of that nature. If you want something more middle of the road, you want some note-taking features, but you still, you're worried about noise, you want a silent refresh, you want something that comes from a well-known, reputable company that you know that what they stand behind, then sure, go ahead and pick up one of the middle of the road displays such as your Q-Braille or Brilliant or Focus 40, one of those. But if you're feeling adventurous or you want something that's a nice travel display, you're just looking for a backup, or you want the satisfaction of saying that you were able to purchase your own display slash note taker, since it does have some basic note taking capabilities, then go forth and purchase an Orbit. You have any thoughts to add to any of that? No, I think that was very well said. It just depends on your personal preference, your budget, your agency's budget, your business's budget, your school's budget. There's a lot of moving factors at play. There's nothing wrong with using any of these devices, or there's not one that's specifically better than the other. It's all, like he said, in budget, in preferences. It's what's going to work best for your situation. Yes. Do you need a Braille display? Are you content dealing with the drawbacks of Bluetooth? Are you content with using the interface on your phone or your computer? Or do you want that custom shell? Are you a novice computer or mobile user and you want that protection of a platform designed for you? Go with the note taker. But if you want a off-the-shelf interface, then have on. Get a Braille display. Absolutely. I agree. And when you get that Braille display, or note taker, if you need assistance figuring out how to use it, how to get it connected, give us a call. Any sort of help that you need, give Comtech a call. Then you too can call 833-345-TECH. That's 833-345-8324. 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Or visit us on the web at commtechusa.net. For Comtech USA, this has been Alyssa and Jack signing off.